Hello friends, Mali Ponfadith here, CEO of the SOAR Community Network and co-founder of the SOAR Community Nebula. Our goal this year is to interview 1,000 champions of change and community builders. And today I would love to introduce you to my friend, Dr. Fujan. Thank you so much for being a part of this initiative with us. Oh, of course, Molly. It's great to be with you. And um, um, I'm in going to enjoy our conversation because usually we have amazing conversations together. I really appreciate you for taking part in this. I know that you have a very busy schedule, um, running an incredible practice, your radio show, doing incredible things for your community. So please start this interview by sharing with our audience who you are and the work that you're currently doing in the world. Of course, thank you. I'm a psychotherapist and uh, a life coach. So uh, for about 30 years, I have developed my own psychology and kind of educational models called awareness integration model, which um, kind of encompasses the uh, cognitive behavioral, all the emotional theories, all the behavioral theories and body and mind theories and brought them together. And uh, so we go over uh, getting to be aware of ourselves, of the, the way we think, the way we feel, the way we act, the impact that we actually um, kind of create with this way of thinking and feeling and behaving on ourselves and our community and our relationships. And then if there are traumas from the past, which most of us have had some sorts of of traumas that we've held on to, uh, to be able to clean those and clear because when we want to learn new skills in our life, when they are learned from and put upon somewhere which is, um, let's say, positive and clean, we learn them much faster and we sustain them much faster versus we learn the skills, but they're all on top of the traumas we see how we sabotage even the new skills that we've learned. So the model, it's a full-on encompassing of clearing the past, really being in the present moment all the time, and looking and envisioning tomorrow. So I use that um, with my clients, which I see also online um, or in my three different offices, and um, also teach um, the, this model to therapists and educators and we have done a lot of research, Molly, in, with teenagers in Cal State Long Beach and some of the universities in how it um, reduces depression and anxiety and raises self-esteem. And excited, uh, I'm really excited that we also have piloted a study with a daycare center for the past year. And we're seeing phenomenal results when children are being taught the, this model of how to be aware of themselves and how to clear their emotions simultaneously so that they don't you know, hold on to these emotions until for a lifetime, how much their social intelligence and emotional intelligence have risen, which then it allows also for the cognitive intelligence to kind of like move up. So what made you get into this field over 30 years ago? What, what, was there an inspiration behind it? Was it your own personal journey? Um, why was this your chosen path? Sure. Um, I'm originally from Iran, and I came to the U.S. at age 12, um, alone, pretty much. And um, I was also sexually molested from age 3 to 10. I came here with a lot of um, inner trauma. And I, you know, um, I was a survival. I survived in a new country, and, um, and I'm blessed with everybody who was there to help me, but I survived it. And I remember at one point, Molly, I said, um, I was about age 17 or 18, and I said, you know what? 
when I'm um, when I'm 30, I'm going to have my own house. I'm going to be married, and I'm going to have my own business, right? And I went to high school actually early. I went to I'm sorry, I went to college ASU at age 15. So I was one of those whiz kids that was a survival kid. So I knew that if I did, was determined, I was going to get whatever that I could because I, you know, I was surviving. So I did. At age 28, I had my house. I had this amazing flower business, you know, all of the Rodeo, uh, you know, Beverly Hills the boutiques and um, Hilton and all of these amazing, amazing vendors and people that I was working with. Very successful business and my house and uh, married. And I wasn't happy. I was very, very uncomfortable. I just couldn't be in my own skin. And then I was lost. It's like, okay, well, I got whatever I wanted. Now, who am I? Because I just don't get it. So therefore, from there, I went to some of the self-progress seminars, like um, it was called Bunyan and then Landmark and you know Tony, Tony Robbins and many of those. And then starting to really look at myself, I got to see how much the traumas have held me back that no matter how much i was surviving and moving forward if i didn't clean up all of those that the new strength that i found was on top of really a fragile place so then i went back to therapy and i started um kind of like um healing myself and then so for the past 30 years then i wanted to do this for people so i've been in the world of psychotherapy um on one side and the self-development and coaching on one side um, and bringing the two together. And as it work, has worked for me, I'm offering it to whomever, you know, wants to grow. That's fantastic. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I really wanted you to share your personal journey because it helps people make sense of why we decide to do what we do in life. So thank you for that. Can you tell me an ex about an experience or moments or perhaps people in your life that have really shown you extra love, compassion, care, empathy, and helped to guide you into being the person that you are today? Well, absolutely. Um, my mother was a very famous um, anchor woman in Iran. So um, she was very loving, but because she was a celebrity, she was never home pretty much. I was raised on my own. And then her cousin, which I also call Maman, she, um, she was like the, if you could say a symbol of um, unconditional love and unconditional giving, um, I could say it was her. And I get very emotional. Um, when, for example, when I went back to therapy, one of the things that my therapist told me is that if that human being uh, my godmother, who's the, the person we're talking about, was not there to also raise me beside my mother, um, that I wouldn't be the human being that I was, and I couldn't survive, and I would be so fragile that with, uh, with all that had happened with the abuse and the neglect, that there's no way that I could have been a person who could come to another country at age 12 and move forward. So showing me how much, even if the primary caretaker of, um, of our life, for whatever reason, and maybe good reasons or negative reasons, or cannot be there, that a person who comes in and gives you that love um, holds you in a space and gives you, you know, that part that you could grow. Um, and then when I came 
I remember I had to go to ASU and then I, they, there were some issues with the dorm. So at age 15, I had to find an apartment in Arizona. And you know, I mean, they don't give you at age 15, nobody gives you an apartment and sign a lease. And I remember I went to this apartment complex, which was very small. And this gentleman and his mother used to, were living there and managing. And um, I explained what happened and I had no idea what to do. So they gave me a studio, rented me a studio and they, didn't mind that I couldn't sign or anything because I was a minor and I didn't have anybody else with me. So they would come and go to Kmart with me and all the other places and buy with me furniture and give me a job so that I can you know, work and pay, you know, pay for my rent. So systematically, it's just been people who have been there in my career, in my um, space where they could really um, help me you know, pull up and take care of myself. But I think one of the uh, uh, sweetest story that has left for me, I used to work with um, uh, Battered Women Alternatives in Northern California, and I was creating their shelter and uh, transitional housing for them. And then there was the, this woman from, who was um, uh, Native American with uh, two of her children who were abused and they were actually uh, sleeping in their cars and uh, for a while until they were coming to the shelter and all of that. And it was Christmas um, and the son was so abused that he would just go into corner for many, many months and not even talk to me in therapy. So it was like we were creating this bond of healing the son who was only like nine years old. So in Christmas time, he goes into the trash and gets me this beautiful um, cup and brings it and wraps it. And uh, in Christmas brings it for me and says, I know that I got it from the garbage, but I got it for you because you healed me. And this was the most beautiful, um, let's say, love that I got. And it really resonated. <sighs> Thank you. So it's like we think that love only comes from people who are stronger than us and be given to us. But then you see how much any human being under any suffering can just bring up this love from them. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I'm so speechless right now. Thank you. Thank you, Fushan. What a beautiful story. Yeah. How do we move to the next question? We're going to try our very best. <laughs> oh, it's all fun. I know I get emotional, but it's all emotional blood. Oh, this is important. I love how authentic this interview has gone so far and to see your passion and to, to help people understand why you're, you're motivating why for why you're sitting here, why you put so much of your heart and energy into the work that you do to help others who can walk through the trauma and get to that other side. It's quite powerful. Um, we know that you spend a lot of time with some change makers. Mm -hmm. And we also know that those change makers are human beings who also have trauma and flaws. You've seen it all. And yet those that have gone through the pain and trauma still find a way to be in abundance still fill up their cup and be an overflow. What have you witnessed and experienced in your travels, in your work, um, around what it takes or what it means to be a community builder and a champion for change? What attributes, what characteristics are consistent? 
Um, being authentic and being passionate. I think that the passion that we have about something we find within ourselves that has worked for us um, to build who we are and create that resiliency um, usually is the force that allows somebody to come out and really want to share who they are. People who come and share who they are only from their ego, um, you know, yes, go up and raise some aspects and help some people, but they're, again, they're very fragile in, underneath. But the people who actually rise from their passion, their, their love for humanity and, and knowing that, you know, we all live together. There's nowhere to go. Maybe we'll go to Mars somewhere, but there is nowhere to go. We're on this earth together. And um, so when you create that from your passion and then utilize your strengths and be authentic to people, because no matter where you are, especially now with the, you know, kind of like this transparency of social media and all of that, if you are not authentic to yourself and you don't take responsibility and accountability for what you do, everything that you do impacts people. So, you know, you could be I could impact people in a negative way and I could do it in a, a positive way. And I might not even intend to do it in a negative way. However, the result might be. But taking responsibility, even though if I didn't intend it, to whatever the impact I had, whether it was negative or positive, um, it will support the person who is the change maker to consistently correct their course of action and connect with every human being that is out there to be able to, um, to help each other. We're always gonna need each other in one way or another. Sometimes in our life, we're gonna be powerful. Sometimes we're gonna be vulnerable. Sometimes we're both in the same day. So we're, there's no way any of us can be anywhere just by ourselves. There's just no way. Like you and I are sitting here, somebody had to create this beautiful technology. Somebody had created this computer, this light, everything for you and I to be able to be here and then you know, with your audience. So it really takes all of us to, to create something together. And um, that essence of cooperativeness and giving, I think is the core um, of any change maker that really makes a difference in the world. Mm. Beautiful, beautifully stated. Can you share with us some causes or movements that really um, take your breath away, that you care about, that you give of yourself, your time, your energy to, to help advance those causes? Yes, I'm still, um, although I'm a humanist, I'm not a feminist, I'm a humanist, um, I do uh, still have a lot of work that I do with uh, empowering women around the world. So I'm a board member in Iranian American Women's Association. There's another association called RADA, which we, um, we train women and then um, we teach them in a 12-week uh, 12, 12 course um, about how to take care of themselves and financial management and how to create businesses and then also fund them to create their own businesses, small businesses, whatever it is that they want. Um, the Women in Poverty, um, and I do a lot of work in addiction. So um, again, I have both women and men in my practice, but I think that the, the world, the way that the women, especially in Middle East, and still I could say in, in the world, around the world, have been, they have power. Some don't know their power. Some, they don't know how to exert their power. Um, some countries don't allow the power to be, or some family systems won't even allow it. 
but at least if they know who they are and they learn to whatever system or family state that they are, they can exert and communicate as much power they have and then uh, you know, create who they are as a healing agent then that transfers that to their children and creates the next generation of women and men. Uh, that is truly my passion and I spend a lot of time in that area. Okay, great. Well, life is, uh, is challenging as you've been sharing with us, not only for ourselves, but for our entire human race. We're kind of built to, to experience life in, in ups and downs. What helps you move forward, Dr. Fujian? Is there a quote or a philosophy that you follow? Anything that you can share with our audience that helps you move things forward? Um, I think I'm here to experience. And um, so I look at life as every day I'm experiencing something new. And every day um, it could look positive or negative, but it's something that I'm learning. And my conversation with myself has been, I'm just going to do the right thing. I'm just going to get better every day in what I think the value of better is. Um, and with that means I won't harm anyone. I won't harm myself. And I will give love to myself and everyone who's around me. Um, and I will just do what I need to do. To, to create a better self and then share that better self and the skills that I have with others so that they can also utilize it the way they want. That has been um, the pillar uh, of you know, walking, because I'm, I'm a public figure, I'm on radio, I'm a radio host, television host. I go out and all people have a lot of opinions and you know, some of it positive, some of it negative. And I know this has been what has kept me moving along um, whenever I have felt shake. And um, it's, it's really it has been a tremendous amount of a strength kind of pillar to keep coming back, that no matter what happens in, around me, I'm gonna do the right thing. So I'm, my, my conscious is clear, and I can be responsible for what I have said or done. Mm -hmm. I have one final question for you. What does a better world look like through your eyes? Um, sometimes it's, it's interesting because I look at the animal world and I can see that animals need to survive and sometimes, you know, they, uh, they have to eat each other or go after each other or create territories. Um, and sometimes I look at human being and say, you know, well, I, obviously there's an animalistic part of us who also does that. But a, a better world would be for me that, um, we only... We only take what we really need from the world, from the earth, from other people, and give much more than what we receive in a sense, in a cooperative sense. Um, I think that when we come, there's competition as fun, I think is very enjoyable. Cooperativeness as a workability together to maintain um, a beautiful life for all of us as we grow older and create the next generation I think would be the best world that I could imagine. So leave the competition for the games and the fun that we do. That's great. Dr. Fujian, how can um, our audience connect with you, learn more about you personally, and also the programs and your coaching programs that you offer? Where can they go get more information? 
foojan.com, F-O-O-J-A-N.com. Um, the radio show's on there. The radio show's at KMET, 1490 AM, ABC. Um, it's on Mondays, um, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. They can also see that from my radio. They can go and have a book, Life Reset, which has um, the awareness integration model that I talked about is uh, set up as an exercise, actually self-help book in that uh, book. And so all of that is available. My phone number, three offices, all of it is available at fujan.com. Thank you so much. Thank you again very much for the opportunity to feature you and to spotlight you and your incredible and inspiring journey. Appreciate Thank you. you. It's been a pleasure um, being here with you and it's been an honor to know you and be your friend. I feel the same way. Thank you for those that are watching. Please remember to nominate yourself or someone in your community who's making a huge impact. Please visit us at nebula.soarcommunitynetwork.com. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care, everybody. <laughs>